Jet Blast. Hey, everybody. Jet Blast is back. Um, Lee, Andy, and Nathan are here today. We're going to we're gonna have a great conversation. We've got a repeat guest with a, sort of an industry icon. We've had a legend. I'm going to say we have an icon today. Um, Ooh, so we'll hear more big. what... She, yeah, that's big. I mean, it's bigly. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know about you, Andy, but I, I'm marked safe today. I'm marking myself today from uh, having classified documents next to my Corvette in my garage. But um, how are things in Michigan? Uh, they're good. I just had the uh, gas stove police show up and try to take my oh, stove no. away from me, but I'm, I'm hanging in there with my carcinogens. With your carcinogens? Oh, yeah, my gosh. I, I love it. I'm still flying around with my plane yeah. with burning uh, low lead gasoline in it, but they're telling me I can't, I can't have a gas stove in my house. So. Yeah, you can't, can't have a gas stove. Yeah, but uh, no, it's good. It's been, it's been kind of depressing for the winter here because we haven't, uh, Lindsay and I rode about 100 miles on the snowmobiles like the day after Christmas, and then like three days later, it warmed up and the snow went away, so there's been no ice fishing, no skiing yeah and no fishing this year right so that's not that's lame yeah. i was looking forward to that we're gonna make lee come and we're gonna do an episode from the shanty <laughs> oh, darn oh yep we can make that happen <laughs> next year probably darn the luck the yeah, yeah that's right yeah yeah, well, it's okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll put that on the calendar for next year. I know we just, I mean, I did have to say, Andy, you just got your pipe out. That was kind of good. Andy, Andy got all spruced up the other day, got his hair cut and all this stuff. Oh, and, yeah. You know, and Get, I was like, Whoa. shave for the new year. Shave yeah, for yeah. the new year. Got my hair, new, got my hair did. What is it? New year, new me. Here goes Andy. Yeah, um, everybody's asking if I'm okay. And if I, <laughs> did I just recently, did I recently have a birthday? I'm like, no, I just, you know. Trying to I just clean cut my hair. <laughs> I just cut my hair. It's just a haircut, guys. Just a haircut. No, well, it looks very nice, Andy. You do look very nice, and think I, I did like kind of the the pipe back there. So that was good. That was good. But yeah, no. Uh, Nathan was talking about we do have a repeat guest. You know, one of the cool things about this industry, our show, and everything else is a lot of our guests are either friends or they become friends or we do this stuff, mm -hmm. and it's always it's a chance for some content, but it's also a chance to catch up and see what's going on and talk about the things we love. And um, I guess now that Nathan has um, blessed her, um, identified no, her, uh, she's now, as, as an, as an icon, a new industry icon now is one of our, um, is we have Jesse Noir and Jesse is um, if y'all don't follow Jesse online, you've got to find her on LinkedIn. She has, um, she's just wonderful. I don't know. Why. There's all, all kinds of things Aww. to say, but just wonderful is definitely becoming, making a name for not only her, um, her company, Grandview Aviation, but also herself as an advocate and an ally, especially on the charter safety side. And so Jesse, welcome back. And Jesse is not cold because last time we talked to Jesse, she was up in like Maryland or somewhere. <laughs> now she's down in Florida. So nice. she definitely is not cold today quite, quite comfortable down here at the moment. So I'm, try, I'm trying to become a snowbird uh, <laughs> if I can. Although guys, I, I mean, we, we've been friends, but now that I'm an icon, I just don't know if we can Ooh. really be friends anymore. Probably <laughs> not. I mean, and it's cool. I mean, as long as you'll autograph things for us and stand next to us at a show once in a while, maybe we can meet some people. <laughs> That's a, that, there's a lot of responsibility with that icon status there. I mean, uh, 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 yeah, I, I feel a lot of pressure now. It's, uh, it's different. <laughs> I was like, oh. yeah. Super cool. So Jesse, yeah, since thanks. the last time we talked, 
I mean, anybody there, you know, I think there's if the ones that kind of follow a little bit about what's going on. I mean, the 135 world has been nuts for the past two years anyway. And but you specifically and um, Grandview Aviation and uh, what it, w- explain a little bit about what's happened with y'all, because it's, yeah. it's it was great. I was excited for you. Yeah, I mean, it's been um, it's been a wild couple of years for 135. I mean, just private aviation in general just has gone through this huge boom um, since COVID. Um, just, I mean, there were acquisitions left and right all over the place, and we were one of them, uh, which was obviously really exciting, uh, challenging, and stressful, but also exciting at the same time. Um, but yeah, we got acquired last March by Global Medical Response which is a massive um, aviation company that a lot of people in the charter world don't know about, but uh, GMR has 38,000 employees, uh, over 200 rotor wing aircraft, uh, 200 fixed wing aircraft. I I have to go on the website to remember how many, but I mean, we're talking hundreds. Um, Behind NetJets, probably one of the largest fleets in the United States that flies 135, but most of what they do is medevac. So they're at the hospitals with rotor wing, they're doing patient transport, um, all those all things. I mean, Guardian Flight, Reach Medical, uh, the number of, of businesses part of GMR is, is huge. So it's been really exciting um, to be part of such a large organization and kind of learning the corporate life, you know, and how uh, <laughs> Grandview fits into that. Um, but yeah, in a nutshell, that's just, you know, we've been integrating with them for the last year, which has been uh, a big, big learning curve. So, but it's been fun. Sure. Nice. Sure. Yeah, I bet that's, uh, you know, for you specifically, Jesse, I bet it's, uh, you know, and, and I know Andy probably is thinking the same thing, like, you know, the, the whole goal really of every entrepreneur, but also the biggest fear is to go through and, uh, you know, some sort of buyout or acquisition or merger of equals or whatever, whatever the, you know, true definition is. So I, I bet it was, I bet it was, you know, uh, it's it's kind of hard to let your baby go kind of thing, right? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and that's, you know, I've been trying, I was trying to mentally prepare myself for that moment. Even when it came, I was like, okay, you're selling the business, you're selling, you know, you're not going to be the final authority anymore on what occurs. Um, But I will say the nice thing, you know, about working with GMR and the companies is that they've let me be pretty independent. You know, we had a very Mm -hmm. successful, well-run company. Yeah. And, and I think they recognize, you know, they, they've bought something that's really that's a great business, you know, and they've, for the most part, we've had to integrate things like HR and accounting, all the controls, which makes sense. But from an operational perspective, I mean, we're really doing what we were doing before and we just keep adding to the the expertise and and size with a bigger partner. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I, you know, Lee mentioned the charter world change. I mean, you have a unique perspective, I think, um, than maybe a lot of people, right, as a, a business owner. And then now I'm, I'm not sure your exact title and role with under under your new arrangement. But then, you know, I know a lot of your volunteer work in the industry. So I think you have a kind of a unique um, seat at the table in terms of what, what you're seeing from the business of charter. Kind of what's your uh, state of the industry from the charter perspective? Yeah, I think like a lot of, you know, other industries in the economy after COVID, we we got, we all like sped up, you know, we had a huge boom, yeah. the market got a little bit crazy. That's why we're seeing the crazy inflation that we are now. Um, sure. It's I, 
it feels like we're starting to renormalize. You know, even when you looked at like December of last year, um, I think we were 1% over the year before last. So we're finally mm-hmm. getting back to like where we were. You know, the charter market went boom, crazy. And now we're sure. kind of normalizing. I think there's still a little bit of growth still happening, but it's not that wild, you know, last year that we had. So Right, right. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, th- I, I tend to agree from my perspective. I just thought, you know, you have, um, with your work at NADA and some of the other stuff, you you had pretty unique view. Yeah, and I think everybody's seeing definitely a bit of a, s- a slower period than they did mm-hmm. in 2021. I mean, 2021 was just off the chart <clears throat> wild. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, and, mean, and too wild, right, to, to a certain yeah. degree. And I, I mean, it seems to me like, um, you know, everybody was still running pretty fast towards, you know, January 1st of this year. And it seems like folks have not, I wouldn't say stopped, but I think folks are just kind of pausing for a minute, right? I, I, don't, I don't see mm. like a dramatic slowdown or a dramatic, you know, at least in the transaction space. Um, I don't see, or in the Part 91 utilization, I don't see a dramatic like shift in our world, but I definitely see a little bit of a people kind of looking to see if there's another shoe going to drop. So it's kind of interesting. Well, I think everybody's, you know, we're all hearing like, oh, the recession is coming. When is it coming? You know, so that's, I think everyone's trying to pause and see, okay, sure. what, how realistic is that or not? And sure, we'll just have to see. Yeah. Hmm. A lot of wait and see what's happening. You know, yeah. I don't know. It's funny. It's like, it's, it's slowing down. It's slowing down. And it's like, well, is it how, like 2019 wasn't a bad year. <laughs> 2019 was a pretty good year. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, even if we get back to some of those 2019 levels and, you know, that, that's not a bad thing. That's a solid, that's still a good place for our industry to be. It's just been a little healthy, little crazy. Uh You know, Jesse, one of the things thinking about, you know, like you're talking about all the acquisitions and there's been a lot of new, um, Mm. new people come into aviation that have been acquiring businesses left and right. And I think you actually didn't, y'all were actually acquired by another aviation company. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think what is, is this is kind of, I thought about this when you said it a second ago, you think there's a difference, like when you're with, with were y'all maybe approached by doing some different things, and like when you're evaluating what's a fit for an event for for that next step. I think, I mean, I think it's great that it was just like a expansion, and you know, people who aren't going to freak out that it's not 2021 anymore. Yeah, if that makes sense. No, and I think you know a lot of people looking from the outside in would go, "Oh, an entrepreneur is just looking for the the highest dollar, right?" But I don't think that's the case for most entrepreneurs. We are still humans who care about our people (laughs) and what we've built and what we've grown. So we're, you know, when we were going through this process, you know, there were, there were lots of different kinds of opportunities, but I think finding a strategic partner that is a complement to the business and you you do want to see it continue to expand and grow beyond, you know, just someone buying it up and and swallowing it, you know? So that was something that we were looking for is like, who's going to be, the best steward of this business for the long term and help it get to where we think it could go. You know, I still think Grand Aviation's business model is a you know a billion dollar company. You know, we we can get there, but we would need we need a large partner uh, to help us get to that point. So, hmm. so were you actually looking for an investment or an acquisition actively? So at the time we were we were looking for investors. Um, mm-hmm. It just so happened that uh, this was a, a complete acquisition, um, but we definitely didn't start out that way for us. You know, we we love what we were doing and just wanted to keep growing it and get more assets. And you need more partners to do that. But you know, it's 
it turned out to be a full acquisition. And that's also been an interesting and a complicated process. <laughs> so, very complicated. I can tell you, like, I mean, these deals, you just, you never know if they're actually going to close or not either. That was kind of like the crazy thing sure. going through this. I mean, it was, a, it was almost a two-year process for us. I mean, COVID kind of messed up everything for everybody. Um, but, you know, you didn't know until like the very last day, like, is this really going to happen? You know, is it really? Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't want to emotionally believe it was going to happen until like the paperwork <laughs> was signed too. I was like, okay, it's real now. So. <laughs> yeah, It's just like buying fun. airplanes, right, Jesse? Yeah. I mean, it ain't <laughs> over until the money's in the bank and it's sitting right. on the ramp. So. Until oh, the yeah. check hits the bank, man. Because like, okay. you just, you know, there's so many unknown variables and you're like, oh, geez, okay, now we got to deal with this thing or that thing. And, you know, a, a transaction this right. complex with this many people uh, mm. takes a lot of time and a lot of thought. So it was an interesting process to be a part of. And I definitely feel a lot more educated now on <laughs> the process. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, I bet. Right. I mean, you know, I, I was sitting here thinking when you were talking about it earlier, I, I sort of envy you being having gone through the process, because I think of all the things that I don't know, right, that I feel right. like it, it, I would want to soak up and learn, you know, like Andy and I were texting with Lee this morning earlier, it's like, he said, isn't business fun? I said, yeah, most of the time, right? <laughs> because usually, I'm learning something different, you know, it's not always people problems, and, you know, <laughs> things like that. But it, um, I, I think, man, what an education that would be to go through yeah. what you all have went through. For sure. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, and, and again, see, I mean, just doing things that I, you know, we, we really never thought we'd get into one day. I mean, honestly, we bought our first fixed wing aircraft like six years ago. We didn't expect to be where we are today. So quickly. that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. Great. I mean, your, yeah. your burn time. Wow. I mean, that's amazing. That is, yeah. a, I mean, any business that's crazy what you guys have built in, in, in the timeline you've done it. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thanks. That's why you're an it's icon, bro. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Thank you. I, I will willingly accept my new title. <laughs> I'm going to make sure it's on your badge. At, uh, I'm going to email Al here in just a little bit. He'll probably listen to this, but there I'll make go. sure That's it's right. on your badge. <laughs> so, Jesse, one of the questions I have, like, so by just basically, I really don't know much about GMR. Um, a little bit, but not a lot. But like you actually have like a lot of like um, like just travel on your in your 135. I mean the the transplant business is a big piece of what y'all do and stuff like that. Is was there? How does that fit where you do like the personal people travel? You know, it's not just a medical. Was that something that y'all that they just wanted maybe expand into a little bit more for personal travel, or were they? Or do you think you're going to expand the medical side of what you do, or how does that all fit together? Mm. Yeah, we're definitely, yeah, we're definitely scaling the organ transplant side of the business. I think just like charter has not had really, uh, I mean, it's, it's getting there with wheels up and FlexJet and others. They're finally building some scaled companies that are doing national charter. Um, in the same vein, we don't have that for organ transport. So mm-hmm. right now there's, I mean, you know, 2000 operators out there kind of piecemealing this, this complex organization, you know, network of trying to move hearts and livers and everything around the country. Uh, We want to get to the point where there's really a large operator that could actually handle those calls from a national perspective. So to do that, I'm of the belief that, you know, you should never have all your eggs in one basket. I think doing the charter and doing the organ transport is completely complementary. You can scale a network and do both. So that's still our intent, but to really get to the point where 
these organ um, transplant centers have a resource to go to and actually can make one phone call and an airplane is going to be available. Because right now, I mean, it's picking up the phone and calling maybe 30 different operators trying to desperately mm. find someone in the middle of the night. And, you know, we're talking about hearts here, like it's got to move, you know, so we, that, that's the goal we want to get to. And that's what GMR's, you know, focus on us has been. Andy, it sounds like your little AOG could have like a, this looks like a partnership opportunity there with the call. Mm-hmm. Just, just say it, it's spare parts. But, um, <laughs> sorry, that was a bad joke. But no, anyway. No, no doubt, no doubt. No, you, universe, University of Michigan kind of is Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's, that's just crazy. And so you, um, Nathan mentioned Al just a second ago. You're heading to London next month? Just oh, yes. I will be at Corporate Jet Investor in London, uh, February 6th and 7th. So that'll be pretty exciting. I'm actually talking about the U.S. market, you know, and is growth is growth going to continue? Is it slowing down? Uh, but that'll be an interesting panel um, to, to talk about. And I haven't been to the London one, so I'm very excited to be invited yeah, to that. Either. Yeah, that'll be a yeah, good one. Cool. Do, they, do they do their rotor one at the same time? I think I that's a different month. I think it's a different month. The month or okay. something. Yeah. Yeah. I know CJI does their rotor. I mean, I know they have that rotor import rotor rotor meeting at the same time at about the same one. The yeah. uh, y'all, y'all, do, y'all don't do really international. You just stay pretty much the U.S., right, Jesse? For the just U.S. domestic. I mean, we do Mexico, Canada, Caribbean, um, but that's kind of you know, the Phenom 300s range isn't quite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough. quite. Anything more than that? Yeah. Still stops. We might make it. <laughs> and, sure. You know, you just never know where you might end up. You never know. So, tell it now, based up kind of a little bit. So, one back when we talked a long time ago, you were in. Um, you're pretty active in NATA and doing a lot with them and their 135 side. But since then, you've kind of changed your roles. And so, what do you have going on now with NATA? Because that's pretty. It sounds like some exciting stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. So um, I was with the 135 committee, you know, working on that. And we still have representatives from Grandview with that group. Um, but now I'm on the board of directors for NATA, which is just, it's been exciting too. You know, it's like the next kind of step in that space for me. Um, I'm also vice chair of the Air Charter Safety Foundation. I just see it as my responsibility, especially going from small operator to large operator, is helping educate the, you know, others in the industry, raising the bar for safety, but doing it in a way where small companies can actually comply. You know, I don't think that all the big companies should just get all the credit for everything. I think we need to bring people along too. So trying to give back, share some of my knowledge that I've learned along the way. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that you do that, right? Lee does a lot of that. Andy does a lot of that. I think, um, you know, I think uh, that's such an important part of our industry, you know, is to be able to participate, give back, share what you've learned um, to help pave the way for others. You know, we give a, as an industry, give a lot of lip service to, you know, how we're going to grow talent and all these different things. And I think by contributing, you're actually doing something right. You're, mm-hmm. you're abs- actually, you know, sharing ideas and information that others can learn from and, and, and um, you know, take it forward to help develop that next gen talent because listen we were the industry of tribal knowledge for decades right and and um, that there is a shift in in that space and, and it's because of folks like you giving back so thanks for doing that oh yeah well it's not it's not just altruistic i mean it's also sure. you learn you learn so much the absolutely process. you make so many connect connections other people and you're building you know your reputation and your brand's reputation in the process so absolutely. there's so many good 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 reasons to give back and 
and help sure. people, uh, help others. Yep, absolutely. I mean, you know, the smartest folks in our industry all have really good phone lists, right? They don't know all the things, yes. but they know all the people who know all the things. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> know all the people who know all the things. I'm typically yep. that's my comp. Oh wait, I know somebody who can help you with that. That yep. that is great. Give me one second. Yes, here you can do this. No, there's a there's a lot of that. The um, I just lost my train of thought. Just <laughs> Wow. I know. Hey, it was 85, like two days last week. It was crazy. Wow. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was really nice. Then we had like 60 mile an hour winds that night after it was 85 degrees, but whatever. It was craziness. But um, yeah, no, the. uh, No, I really did lose my train of thought. I had a great question. It was like the perfect one right there. You know, know, it was for an icon. It was like an iconic question. I'm telling you, it's iconic. (laughs) And well, I while you're remembering it, I, I I did want to look up GMR's fleet size, and it's actually 375 yeah. rotor wing aircraft, 132 fixed wing. Plus Holy eight, Moses. 8,000 ground vehicles, 158 fire. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Uh, wow. Wow. What a, yeah. yeah. Do they do something large. similar to um, like Metro Aviation where they basically own the asset and maintain the helicopter, but it's underneath like a ProMedica or a, a different, you know, the hospital chain's name. Yeah. It depends on the business unit. Um, but yeah, there's, you know, like it, lease back or whatever. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's, That's cool. a lot of helicopters. That is. I know it's exciting to be a part of this team though, because it's, you know, so, I, now Jackie, I have here's... a much larger phone list. Sure. <laughs> <Internally>. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So here's our current event question for you. Um, were you guys affected at all with the uh, FAA NOTAM thing going down the other morning, or, or how did that uh, affect oh, your yeah. fleet? And, oh, and your yeah, I got, I got the, the text message at 6.30 going, oh, geez, what is this? Uh, honestly, not surprising, though. I mean, unfortunately, that system's pretty antiquated. I think everybody has been yeah, complaining about it for years. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we had some delays in the morning, but we were able to recover pretty quickly. You know, I think we're a lot less affected than the airlines just because of our you know, mm-hmm. size and scale and ability to kind of adapt sure. to things. So. Yeah. Well, I think that Southwest coupled with the FAA's shutdown, it was, it's been very interesting. Andy, I was actually going to send you something the other day, but it was like, you have to be on top of what's happening. You have yeah. to look at yeah. your software. You have to look at your yeah. operational infrastructure and you have to evaluate it. It has to be a consistent evaluation. And, it just amazes me that people. Yeah, Southwest was using a friggin' phone tree. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean you gotta to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, I, it's just, I mean, in especially when you scale. I mean, if you're thinking about scaling, but even on a even on a smaller basis, do you look at your operational infrastructure? I mean, and Jesse, you know, granted, getting people from point point A to point B on because they're going on vacation or you know even a business trip. You know, that's, it's, it's a business, you got to do it. But I mean, when you're talking about like your world now, especially, you know, the transplants, but then the whole medical side, you know, this is life and death. And if you're not con- consistently evaluating how you do things and making sure, you know, what are your <laughs> redundancies? I mean, what do you have in place? Because you can't just stop. Well, and that's, I mean, this Southwest case is fascinating to me. And especially oh, yeah. for people with larger fleet sizes, even in 135, it's mm-hmm. okay. There, there's the floating fleets out there. 
are the, those are more efficient sometimes, but when problems happen, it's like cascading failures. And what Southwest has got going on is they went from kind of a small airline to this really, really big airline. Does that point to point system actually work? I don't know the answer to that question, but obviously they've got some problems to figure out. But even Grandview, I mean, we still use a hub system. You know, I have larger hubs across the United States where I've got pilots living there because sure. I've seen that that problem with floating fleets. It's it's consistency, especially with 24-hour response times. I've got to have some kind of hub and spoke system to make it work. Sure. Sure. Right. Interesting. Or even yeah, if I you're... Think... Go ahead. I'm... Go ahead, Lee. No, please. I don't know. I was just thinking, even if you, even if you didn't have that. So if you want to use another system, like, you know, you okay, you're using the hub and spoke, but if you're using the floating fleet, you, you, it's 2023, I was about to say too, 2023, you have tools that optimize that besides a phone tree. I mean, yeah. so yeah, how are you, how are you going back? And when you, you know, yes, you don't want to do something because of the time money investment. Okay. Now look at what, what that cost you. You went from yeah. investing in your future to now, wow, look at your cost. I, mean, I think you right. would be surprised, though, that the, the lack of tools available to large fleets. I mean, True. anyone who's yeah. doing optimization right now, they have to build their own thing. You know, it's, it's not something that you can buy off the shelf. There's optimizers, right. but everyone's variables are so unique that mm-hmm. I, you don't have to have custom software to do any of this work. I and I think. What happened with Southwest is their custom solution may not have had all the kinks worked out that it needed to for this kind of event. So. Oh, no. Bless their hearts. Yeah. yeah I, I think you're absolutely right, Jesse. I, you know, we think about like scheduling software, right? And they all thought that, you know, they're the best and, and maintenance tracking, all these different things, right, that, that we have that are just sort of, you know, we view as rote. But they're they're definitely not one size fits all. You know what I mean? Nobody does a good job on the budgeting side because we all have a different chart of accounts and we all view mm-hmm. things differently, right? Um, and I think you're right. Trying to and and then you know operational tempo varies greatly. So I think trying to to find these these systems, I, I do think you're right. You know, Solaris has done a a good job, according to some of our clients that, that are Solaris um, operators, uh, building some tools internally that owners and, and um, I think they call them cams used to, um, you know, log in and, and check financial status or health of the airplane or whatever. It's kind of interesting, but yeah, it's a, uh, you really kind of have to go roll your own that fits your culture, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and pick and choose what's going to work. We, we always choose software based on having an open API so that no matter yeah. what that solution is, I can connect other things to it because it's inevitable that nothing oh, is going to sure. be a, one, a one-stop shop for me. <laughs> so yep. that's what we focus yes. on. Yeah, we um, yep. Nathan and I were in a demo yesterday and they were saying it won't, they just let us know that, well, this won't work with a certain vendor because that vendor does refuses to have an open API. And it's like, well, there you go, off our list. Yeah, I know who I'm not using. Yeah, that's if if you're not if you're not willing to work because you will not be our one stop shop. I mean, it's just it yeah. just doesn't work that way. And no, it's not how business gets done in this day and age anymore. Mm-hmm. No, no. Well, yeah. and you can't be everything. You can't be. There is no one thing. I mean, there's not an everything for everybody. You have to be able to. But from your accounting system, I mean, the whole thing, nothing fits. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's in aviation in particular, it's just the level of complexity is just, it's, it's a rabbit hole, you know, yep. <laughs> even Andy's yeah. system, you know, that's a solving a solution. You know, that's one solution to a very complicated problem, but my gosh, we have, you know, 50 of those complicated problems every day in different yeah. right. areas, you know. You know, yep. part of it is that there's no, uh, like business aviation is like the one industry that is not standardized though. So like, if you get a right. quote, if you're going to build a warehouse somewhere, um, you would send out for a quote and you would get the same quote template back from four different contractors to build it but because that's just the standard that they're used to. But if you go in aviation and say, hey, I need this done, Standard Arrow will send you one format with a bunch of small print. Duncan will send you one, this, that, $100 bill staple to this one, whatever it may be to get you to come there. There's no standardization. And so it's the same right. thing with finding AOG or scheduled maintenance. I mean, every single place that would, if I had a hundred dollars for every time a 135 says, well, we, we do things way different than everybody else. Say, Dude, <laughs> like, you know, yep. I've been to like a thousand of them, right? It's the same thing. You just call <laughs> it this. And so it's, it's interesting. And then with, with software, as you probably know, then people get into, um, you know, our old system had this one button that was blue and it said this, <laughs> can you make it do that? And you have to say no, because that's the old way to do it. We don't need right, that. Right. And so in their head, mentally, that unfortunately is what happens with software is that they want to like hold on to something, um, you know, from the past, from the old software. I mean, I, I, I took Aaron, we were in California, we went to Jetworks and he showed us the, the VP there showed us corridor on the big screen. And Aaron's never seen corridor before. <laughs> and Aaron's like 27 years old. So he's like, did they get this template from Microsoft Paint or what? <laughs> I said, Aaron, it comes on the big floppy disk, man. Like that, it, he was blown away that that is the technology because he hears it a lot, corridor, corridor, that that is still what people are using to get stuff done on the MRO side. It's crazy. Well, well, even the airlines, I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, those well, dot, matrix, matrix, printers. dot matrix printers are oh, still yeah. being yes. used in the yeah, airlines. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. I mean, for you're sure. like, it's why I watched you the guy in Atlanta the other day. I bet he had a stack of paper, probably a foot high of this <laughs> dot matrix stuff and he dropped it and it went <gasps> down the whole thing. And of course I'm like, dude, there's an app for that. <laughs> there's an app for that. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's old school so it's like if you go up there you go to the bank or you go up to um or to change your seat on the airline and they have to type for like 10 minutes you're like what are you doing well i'm <laughs> gonna find you another seat <laughs> oh my yeah, it's god it's a saturday night live skit where oh it's just it's just amazing how many things have not kept up but at the same time, when you're looking at the complexities of some of the, especially with the larger the company, the larger, the harder it is to change the heart, the more data there is, the more, the more customized they made these old programs and these old, you know, but it's, it's your operational infrastructure. And like, I, and I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, this, that's a continuing investment. That's not necessarily a cost. That's a continuous investment in your company, whether some years it's a high investment, some years it's a low investment because you're stayed on top of it. But, yeah. you know, you you have to do that because a passenger doesn't understand. They're like, well, I just did this on my phone. How come you can't do this while I'm standing there? Yeah. Right. 
you know, I just well, it's, I, company, it's company culture too, you know, because to yeah, be able to change the sure system and and Ugh. get people to buy into that process, I yeah. mean, that's just that, oh, that's just a challenge. Especially the more people you get, you know, the larger you become. It's you know, you're like, okay, we're making this change to solve these underlying fundamental problems, but they're like, yeah, but I don't want the change, I even if I have to change. deal with the problem. You know, I know, I know how to deal with that problem. Don't bring me new problems. It's, yeah, right. it's so funny. <laughs> Like, Jesse, if you think about, like, uh, some of our um, data link providers, right, um, and, and then the, the sites that the um, – I'm trying to not throw vendors under the bus because I use some of them. But the, 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 the sites that the pilots use do, they're all their flight planning and stuff through, right? Uh, if you look at them, they're the same way they were 20 years ago. I mean, and, and that interface back in the day was bomb.com. And, you know, now I can't get Goose and Maverick to move off of it because – they don't want to learn a new way. I mean, that's just a fact. I mean, like, well, I've always logged into whatever, you know, and direct, and this is the way it works. And I'm like, man, there's 80 clicks to get to the center of the Tootsie Roll Pop. Why are we doing that? So. Oh, but, but then you get into, there's, you know, let's talk about aviation safety for a second. The complexity sure. of, okay, now changing a system. For then sure. the errors that start to roll out because of the ice. Yeah, it's managing change is you know such a priority in organizations and and even in safety too i mean we a lot of the issues we're seeing in the cockpit these days are automation errors because yes. all these new systems good tools but people need to know how to use them oh <laughs> yep so. well, absolutely and, right or they and, well, need to use them well or not yeah. use and them, to, right there, or not use them there is still and andy and i've talked about this before there's still the shut up and fly part right <laughs> for sure <laughs> so I, I, I think you're right. People get sometimes just saturated, um, you know, in, in the technology and forget some of that's why we had to start doing upset recovery training and some other things, right, as an industry, because, you know, there are now sort of standards because there is so much so many other things for the crew to focus on um, mm -hmm. or yeah, I is. guess be distracted by how. So that's a better way to say it, maybe. Or like yeah, that, that it's not an airplane anymore. <laughs> yeah. 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 <clears throat> That encourages complacency? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think it just, you know, it's just like anything else in my experience. It just has you, you know, I've seen a crew, you know, a, a guy and a gal head down the entire time, right? And it's like, yo, somebody look out the window. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're, 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 uh, this is not everybody can be worrying about the magic box. You know what I mean? We can still get there without an FMS. The Myers does it all the time. <laughs> I do it. I do it every day with my phone. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. No. It's uh. It's yeah. They. You know, like in flying, it's my grandpa emphasizes it a lot. But in sailing, when you're racing sailboats, you'd watch people with their head down and they're pulling yeah. on all the stuff. They're always trying to make adjustments, and meanwhile, the wind just shifted, and I can get five boat lengths ahead of them because I had my head out of the boat. Yeah, you know, and it's mm -hmm. the same same kind of a concept. If you're kind yep, of aware get your head of, out of the cockpit, you shouldn't need all that crap to to fly. You need like three instruments to not crash, and uh, <laughs> that's reality, right? But yeah, uh, yeah. It's, uh, well, to not crash, that's an important piece of it. You know, there, there you go. There's safety, um, Jesse's safety foundation. Priority number one. Yes. Well, no, I mean, it's, 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 just it's but it's true. Yeah, but to Jesse's yeah. point, I mean, you know, we have built, we being the industry, have built safety management systems that have become, you know, in my personal view, a little, a little, and, and this isn't maybe your point, Jesse, but um, is mine certainly, is we built so many systems 
and so many just another five minute things for the operation collectively to do, you know, it, it, we kind of get distracted from our core of scheduling flights, um, you know, cabin safety, fixing airplanes, flying airplanes, right? We, we, we've got all these things and they're important, don't get me wrong, but I think, you know, trying to uh, do a pre-flight risk assessment or a maintenance risk assessment to a number, right? So you don't have to call your mm. boss. It's kind of the wrong <laughs> mentality, right? I mean, I, yeah. I think we've deviated from the whole purpose is to get us to slow down, think differently and have a conversation into a whole bunch of data that are we really doing anything with. So, yeah, well, and that's where I'll get on my safety soapbox here again. It's it, just culture is what everything comes down to. 100%. If, if, some, if someone made an error, let's not go ahead and finger point at them. Let's say, was it them? Or was it the process that we designed that caused them to fail? And that's right. like so hard because intuitively, especially as a manager and a leader, you're like, well, why'd they mess up? But you have to actually analyze the root cause. And is it, did we make too many systems? Did we make this button? The button was in the wrong place. Then, you know, those are all things that, strengthen a culture but it's not the That's right. first thing that we think to do so there's well that takes it like that goes back to the culture i mean that goes back to i don't know if humility is the right word but that there takes a lot to look back and say maybe we have a bigger issue than just this one incident and how do we go back and look at that and evaluate it in a productive manner not just an yeah. accusatory mm-hmm. manner and you know yeah. i think we're getting there i think that you know there's been huge strides made still ways to go, but I think they're definitely getting there on different things. But so, okay, well, you're we just talking about, um, well, I don't know what we were talking about. We're talking about all kinds of things, but um, Jesse, I wanted to talk about what I wanted to talk about is um, okay. you have, yes, talk it's about all about it. me. It's all about me, man. Yeah, I, um, know. I know. Is uh, you have a big event that you're doing down at Embry-Riddle. Yes. Soon. I want to, I want to hear about that because we talk about bringing uh, yeah. new people in. And I, this is a great, I, this is a great initiative you've got going on. Yeah, I am so excited about this. Um, so the Air Charter Safety Foundation, they do the safety symposium every year. Um, we've been doing it now at Ember-Riddle. This is our second year at Ember-Riddle, Daytona Beach, Florida. Um, but the cool thing that we're doing this year, the day before the symposium, is we're adding a student engagement day to the event. So we're going to be, um, I'm going down there. I've got Glenn Gonzalez from Jettit, uh, Steve Friedrich from Embraer, Andy Priester from Priester Aviation, um, myself. And, oh my gosh, I hope I'm not leaving anybody up. But okay, I will, I will look at that <laughs> list and make sure we post that so they know. Um, but basically, we're going down there as business executives talking to students at Ember-Riddle and saying, hey, you know, airlines aren't the only pathway. There's 135, there's 91, there's manufacturing, there's repair. I mean, there's so many different paths you can go down. And also, I think, you know, general aviation is a much more interesting field to me. I mean, there's just, you can switch gears anytime you want to and do something a little bit different. Um, But just talking to the students and letting them know the opportunities are there and giving them a forum to ask, you know, successful entrepreneurs and business people, how did you get where you are today? Um, So I'm really excited about that. Again, student engagement is is so key to bringing people into our industry and events like these are really going to kick off a lot of things for some people and hopefully steer them over to our world instead of going off to those airlines. <laughs> well, they, they have a very loud voice. So sometimes, you know, it's definitely having to get out there and talk to them before they make those decisions. Um, I'll actually be, oh, yeah. I'll be at 
Embry-Riddle next week and we're doing a student engagement event um, through their maintenance program. So we're going to oh, be talking, awesome. about, we're doing some things there too. So Jesse, I'm a little curious. So since we're talking about, you know, the, the, that specific event and how has it been for you guys in terms of, uh, and we don't have to get way off in the weeds, but how's it been for you guys in terms of staffing? Has that been a challenge for you all? As you oh, know, yeah. I, I think that, I think some of us have more of a challenge with it than others. And, and maybe it's because of tempo or the size or the location or whatever. Um, you know, it's not all about money, certainly anymore. It's about, you know, where we let people live and, and what some of the fringe benefits are. So how's, how's it been staffing wise for y'all? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's been a challenge for us, just like a lot of companies, especially charter companies over the last year. Um, we've had to increase pay significantly to keep pace with inflation sure. and everything else. Um, but overall, okay, I would say we're filling the slots that we need to fill. One of the big challenges I have on the pilot side is training availability. You know, I really, I'm kind of capped out on how many training slots we can actually put people yeah. through. And, and yeah, that that's our real problem so too. I mean, yeah. training is a huge problem, every model, but I would expect for you in the Phenom 300 space, especially, I know for us, we have a couple of Challenger 300s we're bringing online for clients. Um, slots are a year out. I assume the Phenom similar. And, you know, the big giants, uh, FlexJet, I'm, I'll say their names, FlexJet, NetJets, uh, Vista, some of the others, right? They, they're squatting on the spots. And, and Sometimes they show up Monday morning to class and sometimes they don't, but it hurts, you know, the smaller operator for sure. And there's no new simulators being built. It doesn't seem like so. Training's a yeah. real problem for us. Well, there, there is successful a, hiring. A phenom, just can't there's, train another, there's a Phenom 300 sub that is opening in Las Vegas soon. So we're all crossing our fingers and toes <laughs> that that gets done quickly. Uh, but we actually, yeah. our solution sure. to this problem is we're building our own simulator. So in the next Are you? year, wow. yeah, um, just because, you know, we're going to have 133 pilots by the end of this year, it's getting, we're at sure. the scale where I, I can use an entire simulator. And that's the only way to really scale our pilot pool is to get our own training to facility. do it yourself. So, yeah. Wow, that's impressive. Another that cool. way the icon's innovating. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool, man. I, I, I think it's a, a lot of company, a lot of people in our space are starting to get more vertically integrated because of the challenges we had the last year. You know, sure. if it's setting up your own 145 to do your maintenance in-house, uh, getting inventory, some you know, some people are doing pilot schools. I mean, there's there's a lot of innovations coming out of the challenges that we had the last year, which are going to be good for the industry as a whole, but it's going to take a couple of years for everybody to get that done. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's going to take us a, 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 maybe five years to, you know, even even see a dent in in the hole that was made, you know, from all this stuff. So, yeah. well, that's great. That's cool that you guys are doing that. I haven't heard of anybody else, um, you know, going the path of building their own simulator. That's really interesting. Well, when you think about, you know, the airlines do it, uh, you know, FlexJet and NetJets, they're sure. all doing this. You know, when you get to a certain size and scale, it's you, you got to have control of your own destiny in that regard. That's right. Why? What? What keeps people from just using the real airplane to do the the training? Is it just the cost, so, or are they not allowed to? Insurance. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> insurance is one piece of it. I think too, like you know, full motion simulator training. The big benefit of it is that you're actually able to get into scenarios that you would never put a real airplane into. You know, really right. getting through that emergency responding. You know, like okay, 
uh, you know, you're not going to do a lot of things in an airplane. You're not going to flip it. You're not going <laughs> to take it to the edge of the limit, but you can do that in the simulator. And that's why, you know, we really, we, we have to have that training mm -hmm. no matter what program we're doing. Gotcha. Yeah, but we need more Sims to do them. More Sims. <laughs> yeah. Need more. Yeah, we, we do. And, and, you know, maybe this is, Jesse, to your point, maybe as, as folks like y'all, um, you know, go and put your own simulators in, and if the likes of Flex and NetJets and some of the others go and add to their, you know, already um, training capacity, existing training capacity, maybe this is a bubble that, you know, sort of moves, right? Maybe it's a not a very long-term problem. Maybe they'll be begging us to come train, right? And maybe it'll drive costs down over time. Who knows? Yeah. It's supply and demand. I mean, I think we're going to see more training facilities coming up, but unfortunately it takes at least a year to build a sim, you know, and then you got to right. make the business case sure. for it. So in aviation, none of our problems are short-term. <laughs> They're always like yeah. two right. to three years out from having a solution. I mean, even, even parts, like we're seeing some supply chain improvements, but you know, the widget that you order for the engine takes two years to produce because you need to tell someone in advance and uh, yeah. Yeah. It's being worked on. Yeah. It's being worked on. It's, being worked it's on, on the list. It's on the roadmap. It's on the roadmap for everybody. Yeah. There you go. Cool. It's on the roadmap. So just so everybody knows, we record these where we look at each other. And sometimes we all look at each other and then we're kind of like, uh, are you going to talk? Are you going to talk? No, I'm going to talk. Waiting so, wait on Lee. I know. Yeah. Well, waiting on me. Well, but then we do not upload that because y'all do not need to see the craziness that this is. Audio is plenty. The audio is plenty. Or the group text going in the background. So we don't share that either. No, there's, there's a lot that doesn't need to go on the go on in this one. Um, but no, the, uh, the, um, but no, Jesse, I mean, it's just, it's always, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, whether here or just in person or along those lines. And, you know, um, hopefully we can meet in person soon. It's been, it seems like it's been a while. And last time I think yeah. we like, we crossed path, got a hug, said hi. We didn't really get a chance <laughs> to just sit and sit and chat and see what all was going on. So hopefully we'll be able to rectify that pretty soon, but it's always a pleasure to have you. And if um, we'll get that information on the the, um, your event that y'all are having out at Embry-Riddle and in the Air Charter Safety Foundation, anything along those lines, we'll make sure and um, put that in the, the show notes, as well as yep. making sure that people follow Jesse, because honestly, the, <laughs> the, um, it's a, it's an interesting business, business story for Grandview Aviation. For sure. Um, but it's also, you know, her, her involvement in the different organizations and especially when it comes to safety and, um, the organ transplant world, you know, it's very, it's a very unique world. And so she's a wealth of information and it's fun to follow her and see what she has going on. So she's an icon. Nice way of saying I'm all over the place. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're definitely busy, are. my friend. You're definitely busy. And we appreciate um, it. No, thank well, you guys so, so much, much for having me on. Yeah. Yeah, we appreciate yeah, thanks you. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jesse, stay warm down in Florida. You'll have to let us know when you're headed back <laughs> north. Yeah. That's not fair. I don't know, but Andy's warm and he's sad. So it's kind of an interesting world yeah. right now. But <laughs> You know, that is where we go. But once again, thank you, Jesse. And I'm sure yeah, we'll have Jesse it. on again. She went from one of our first guests and have to have her on every once in a while, see what she has going on. So Absolutely. thank you. Okay. Well, <laughs> we appreciate it. And thank you, everyone. And that's another, that's a wrap for today's episode.